Dylan, how many games do you think you're going to win if you're only scoring one or two goals? In a season? Well, one or two. One or two games? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much how it's going uh, so far this regular season. Every single game that the Flames have won has been more than two goals. All others have been losses. Uh, let's get into it. Well, Chris, things were looking up for the first few games of the season, quite honestly. Uh, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you, but I was quite excited after the first couple games that we actually, you know, things had started to look better. We were scoring a little bit. Markstrom was starting to look better. Um, and then about right after that Buffalo game, everything just went downhill. Flames really started sucking uh can't score even when they're getting high danger opportunities it's looking like last year where they're out shooting and out chancing and and don't have any finishers it's just uh it's been hard to watch the fan bases at each other's throats because that's how that works right uh exactly there's a lot of finger pointing you know who who's who's the reason who who's at fault who's who's the problem uh, the fans are uh, well. They're they're fed up, right? We went through it last year with you know a bunch of bunch of players being you know with their shitty moods and blaming it on the coach and all that fun stuff. Well, they got rid of the coach, and the the attitude hasn't really changed. Like they're they're not a team. Uh, Zadarov even spoke about it, you know, a couple of days ago, and. You know, they're they're just individuals, so they're you're not going to win games as individuals. It's a team sport, and they need to start playing like it. Not sure, not sure how they're going to get that figured out, but with the current roster, I I have my doubts. I do too. I mean, I'm still not sold that they're going to be terrible all year. Um, I think odds are that they will be, but I'm not sold like oh for sure. Oh, it's going to be just like last year the whole time. Everyone's going to be pissed off. Everyone's going to like, we're not going to win as many games as we should, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, mm. you know, the last three games, I think, have, uh, you know, they haven't been fun to watch, that's for sure. And they haven't been. Uh... Oh, they just haven't joked. That's right. And and all the you know, the issues that have been plaguing the flames for I mean, let's be honest, for years have just been been yeah, amplified, right. you know, over the over the last four games. Well, three games anyways, obviously obviously, you know, a big win to start the road trip. I guess it's not the start of the road trip, but the big game in, in Buffalo. Um, you know, it was a good win. You know, I saw some good signs there. They 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 seem to play well, and then as soon as they got into Columbus, Columbus has just been it's been garbage since then. Yeah, yeah okay, they're shooting lots. Who cares? You know, they, they don't think their contracts for for forwards are 
are handed out based on shots, right? Well, they shouldn't be unless you're uh, a player who scores on three quarters of them, then sure. <laughs> we don't have any of those. We sure don't. We sure don't. In fact, we have a lot of the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, I mean, Buff Buffalo, obviously we outshot them 30, 36 to 27. Columbus, we outshot them 37-29. Detroit, we outshot them 31-30. to 30. And then the Rangers, we outshot them 26-20. to 20. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a lack of shots. Um, Philosoph percentage is um, starting to come back down to earth, I'll say. We had uh, yeah. uh, against, against Detroit. 43.9 against uh against it. Columbus 42.6 so you know obviously both those games were kind of a shit show for uh controlling the play and obviously you can't control the play if you don't start with the puck wait it, against Columbus it was 42 percent uh 42.6 yeah and that's with line a taking a bunch of draws that's hilarious, actually. Like, right. if you think about it, that's freaking hilarious. Yeah, line, line A was 33%. Yeah. So how bad do we have to be against everybody else just to cover that and then be yeah. under 50? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody oh, else, hilarious. like Fant Fantilli, 83.3. Corali, 72.7. Jenner, you know, obviously Jenner, he's a he's a veteran, right? But I mean yeah. 68, 68.8. So I yeah. don't know, man. Like, um we started the season with uh, some pretty incredible uh face-off numbers. We were we were one of the best in the league. Yeah, weren't we like in the high sixties against the Jets? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lindholm was on fire. Backlund was was doing pretty good, but yeah, it's it's come crashing. Yeah. Come. Well, let's get into the. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we have to do the one good game first because that's uh, that was you know the first game since our last episode. So let's get into the Buffalo game. Getting in the Buffalo game. So what do we have there? We have uh, Huberdeau with his second goal of the year. Um, pretty uh, pretty nice little play. Um, I mean that was uh, yeah we still had Anderson then, so not saying that he's the reason why we're we're losing games, but well no because we lost with Anderson out, mm -hmm. like we lost in Columbus and Anderson was ejected after the game basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't wasn't great goaltending on uh, on either side. Devin um, Levi wasn't that good, that's for sure. No, no, um, I do. I I do feel that Markstrom. Actually, no, Vladar played that game, didn't he? Yeah, Vladar played that game. Yeah, I believe so. so Vladar yeah. played Buffalo and uh, Detroit, I believe. Yes. 
So yeah, yeah, we'll get into Detroit in a, in a couple of minutes. But yeah, so I mean, the goaltending wasn't very good on on both sides, really. No, both were sub nine. Going on with Vladar. I don't know what's going on with Vladar, but it's it's I worrisome. I, I ex- it is worrisome, right? I ex- I expect him to be better. I do too. You know, like it, I don't expect him to be Vesna caliber. You know, I don't even expect him to be like nine ten, but like nine oh nine oh two, nine oh four. You know, um, I expect it. You know, I expect him to make more saves than he's been making. That's for sure. But to be yeah. fair. The quality of shots, especially in the Detroit game, were uh, just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, Levi and Vladar ended up with the same uh, save percentage. Eh? Yeah, is that exactly nine hundred? Now that I look at it, uh, no, uh, eight eighty nine. Eight eighty nine. Okay, so it's four goals on thirty six shots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um which is terrible. Um but I mean we scored right off the hop, right? We're less than a minute in Huberto um banks one in off of a off of a defender while trying to pass, which they all count. And if you're trying to dish you know through the crease because somebody's actually there, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Oh, um, well, yeah. So the one I thing mean, that really impressed me with this game is they never really seemed like they were down, even though Buffalo kept tying it up, right? Because it was uh, Huberto, then Eric Johnson, then Dewar, then Tage Thompson, then Coleman, then Paterka, then Rosisco, right? So it was kind of like, one then like they, they tied that tied it up every time up until the the our fourth goal went in, um and last year I feel like the team would have just given up on on that game, uh, not being able to hold the lead they would have been pissed off they would have been frustrated by the goalie and but they actually kept coming back, you know what I mean? No, I I agree with that and and after they came back a third time I was like. Jesus, here we go. Is this is this the one where they start taking command and and leapfrog us? And yeah. they never did. No, they ne- they never did. <clears throat> Thankfully. Um. But yeah, there there were some standouts, right? Dewar played really well. Rosica played very well. Coleman's actually been good all year, and Coleman... not just because of the goals, but in no, in he's general, really like, good like... away from the puck. He's always been really good away from the puck, right? Yeah. Not five million dollars worth, but correct. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the one thing that frustrates me about about the Flames and always has, and I feel like any fan who's watched for any amount of time, if there is a star that's struggling to score on the other team, they always score on us. Mm-hmm. It seems like well over half the time they score on us. We're their slump buster, and that happened with Tage Thompson, right? He uh, hadn't had any yeah. goals. He really hadn't had that many opportunities through his first few games of the season, and he just looked 
pretty fucking good against us and scored, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's yeah. just how it is. That that Ruziska one though, um as much as I like to to shit on Kadri, um, you know, <laughs> he saw where Ruziska was and Ruziska put her Oh, that was a nice play. That was a nice play through and through. Actually, we should yeah. talk about that because I feel like that was the last time I've noticed Dubé, and that was the hardest working uh, segment of any player's game at all that I've ever seen this season. Uh, that's fair. Um, Dubé has he's been less than than impressive, you know. With or without the puck, he has been. I uh, last night's game, I didn't even notice him at all. Um, yeah, well, like once or twice, and it was just like he was on the outskirts of the of the screen, right? He was never uh, in the play, really. Yeah, exactly. He was never. He was never engaged. 100%. You know, and I mean, even even with. With um, Ruzika not playing, when did he go out? First period of last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, even with him out, Dubé still only played just under eleven minutes. Yeah, uh, doesn't have the the confidence of the coach. That's for sure. Um, which is disappointing to me because I feel like he often has a good stretch when he's put on the top line or when he's put in the, the top six or whatever, but um, he hasn't this year, given he only had like a half a period or a period or whatever in, on the top line, but mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't really done much this year. Um, I just wish that the standards of, of play between uh, different players were held the same because if, for instance, if Kadri was held to the same standard as Dubé is held, Kadri would be on the fourth line as well all the time, or just not playing. No, hundred percent. There, there has always been a, a hierarchy with when it comes to players like that, right? Yeah. It's almost like first we first we we gauge them on on the contract, and then we'll gauge them on their play. Exactly, and. And I, you know, I don't think that's, that's not a winning recipe, clearly. No, it's not. Not at all. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet 5 on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY that's 467-369 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 
Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee Partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. I guess I'm that kind of fan where I like I don't care what a what a what a player's making. I, I just I want it. What have you done for me lately? Is is got to be the mantra. You know, either either Always produce and never given, like back to the Hartley days, right? Like that's right. Just because you're making a certain amount of money doesn't mean that a younger, hungrier person, no matter what industry you're in, can't come in and outperform you and take your place. That's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If if you come if you become complacent, you know, then you you can eat popcorn and and watch from the press box. Like I, I'm, I'm so fed up with with players like Kadri being literally the worst player on the ice for both teams, yeah. Game after game after game, and he's still considered our our second second line center. Still putting, you know, still getting seventeen to to twenty minutes of ice time. It's just it's mind blowing that he has not been knocked down a peg. It, it blows and, me away. And 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 deservedly so that's been a knock on Ruziska his whole career right has been he gets complacent after a game or two of of playing well and then and then disappears and start but then they scratch him or they demote him or whatever they do Mm -hmm. they don't do that with players who deserve it older players who deserve it and they should yeah yeah they're too worried about how it looks i think I'd rather have a $7 million player on the fourth line that's not doing well than a $7 million player on the second line that's not doing well. Well, that's right. And and if you want to show that you're holding everybody accountable, it just needs to happen. If you want to show these, these young guys, if you bust your ass, you can actually become part of the top six unit. Exactly. You know? Um, I, I totally agree. Uh, and this episode is not going to be super positive because there hasn't been all that much positive to talk about in the last week or so. Uh, but but here we are. Um, so after the Buffalo game, which was a big win, we went back to back and played against uh, the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, outshot them 37 to 29. Uh, they plugged in their their backup goaltender Spencer Martin, who I don't know if you remember, but I plugged into our group chat uh, when I heard that Martin was starting, and I'm like, oh, Gaudreau just went up to his coach and said, uh, the Calgary Flames make backup goaltenders look like Vesna candidates, so just yeah. throw in the backup goaltender, and then it turned out that he kind of did look like a Vesna candidate, except for the fact that there wasn't that many high quality opportunities but he still led no. one goal on 37 shots <laughs> that's not exactly that you know we we got back to our 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 flames uh pattern of, of shooting at the crest right yeah. i mean yes he, he i mean he didn't kudos for him man like he he actually did look good clearly yeah I mean, a 973 save percentage it's good i mean he you take that any day of the week, right? 
hundred percent. But it's also a lot easier to do when you're when nobody's getting in your face. No, like that mm-hmm. game, the Calgary Flames went back to their outskirts, like the perimeter play where they're just on the boards and cir- circling the puck around the boards over and over and over in the offensive zone and trying to get outside shots and nobody actually getting in on the net until the last five minutes of the game. And then they started doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Playing, playing from behind and, and all of a sudden there's urgency with five minutes left. Where the fuck was that urgency for 55? Yeah. The, I mean, the other whole bunch that actually mattered. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, they played well in the first period. Um, but, but as soon as the second started, it was just a completely different team. And they've done that numerous times this year. A hundred percent. They sure have. And it's been pretty hard to, to watch really. Um, and like, even though like Lindholm scored their only goal that game, right? Because we, we lost three to one and mm-hmm. it was a nice read and it was a shorthanded breakaway. Um, good on him good read by backland to see to see him there all that type Mm -hmm. of stuff but uh it was one of the only three or four good plays the team made in the first 55 minutes of the game and that just won't do yeah yeah 100 percent it was uh and then and then of course it it Brings us to the end with with uh, Anderson's hit, and you know, we all know about that one. Well, let's talk uh, about it for a second, though, because um, I know you don't think it should be a penalty. Um, at least that's how I gathered what you were what you were trying to say to me uh, when I was talking to you about it after it happened. I could be wrong there, but. Uh, I, I, it's not that I don't think it should be a penalty. I just don't think it should be a major. Um, after looking at it numerous times after after the fact, yeah, he did catch him in the head. Um, his skates came off the ice. Whether it was, you know, on on the hit follow through because Liney was down and he was trying to drive up. I don't really know. I uh, the suspension to me is is obscene in my opinion but yeah i don't think it's obscene i think i i think it's obscene when you look at the precedent that's been set by the nhl over the past couple years where hits like that get a random five thousand dollar fine or maybe a game or two especially for first defenders right um but I do think that dangerous hits like that, the precedent should be four or five games. Like, like it should be something that, like, if if you're trying to protect your talent and stop dangerous shit like that from happening, unnecessary shit like that from happening, you've got to set an example and keep that example for every play that looks like that from every player that does it. And that's fair. I I do still think there needs to be a a sliding scale. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't be giving 
Rasmus Anderson the same amount of games as I would be, say, Tom Wilson? Well, no, because he would be a repeat mm-hmm. offender, right? But I, I mean, exactly. like, there should be a – what I mean is there should be a higher um, bottom, um, like, bottom level of the punishment for a hit like that. And it should be four games. And Tom Wilson should get nothing less than like 10 games at this point in his career, 12 games. And it should go up from four. It shouldn't be like here, have one day off and see it the day after tomorrow, right? Like that, I I, I don't yeah. see how that's stopping yeah. people from doing stupid shit. Well, I, yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying. One, one thing that I would counter that with is nobody knows what, what the fuck the standard is oh they don't right? that, that's the problem. and so so whether and it, and it's it goes with all like anything that has the discretion of the referee or the league printed into the rules needs to be changed absolutely you hit somebody you hit somebody in the head it's this this many games then you can then you can set a standard the way that it's been done forever is not going to, it's never going to fix it. Because mm-hmm. I tell you what, the next person that sits in front of fucking George there that on, a, on a head hit, if he doesn't get four games, I'm going to be livid. Yep. Because Rasmus Anderson is not a dirty player. It's the first mm-hmm. time he's ever fucking done anything like that, and he gets four games. Yeah, it's unnecessary. And the next person, you know, goddamn well, is going to get a $5,000 fine or a game or two maybe. Yeah. And, and that's where that's where my problem is with that suspension. Not so oh, much I, that he too. was suspended, but the four games to me is 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 obscene unless it becomes the norm. And we all know that it's not the norm and it will continue to not be the norm. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it should yeah. be the norm, but it won't be. And that's what pisses me off the most is that it's going to be, yeah. that's the one that was the big suspension for the year. And then everybody else is going to get 5k, maybe a game, unless yeah. you're a repeat offender and then you might get four. And, that's right. And if, if not- somebody's been, if somebody's going under, under the microscope for their third time gets four. No, fuck that. Bullshit. Like that's, that's bullshit. And and that's that's my problem with the whole thing. I mean, yeah, there's so many different things that that you could say about the hit itself. The timing on it, I think, is the worst part. That I'm, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a team that you're a rival with. It's not a team that you're playing again in a week a and a half. I, well, a player, be damned. Like it shouldn't matter who of, it is, and it shouldn't matter which no. player delivers the hit or which player gets hit. It shouldn't, right. and it shouldn't matter. It also shouldn't matter yeah. if the player is injured, but it does. That's right. But I just I think the dying seconds of a game like that is not the time you do that here. No, you don't. Um, and I just want to say too, I don't know if there's a rivalry. There very well could be, uh, player wise, because uh, there's not an, an like a NHL rivalry between the two. But uh, Finland and Sweden, you know, they're in the same age group too. So you never know. You never know. You know, and, you know, whatever. Maybe something was said during the game. I mean, who who knows? But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. And and the NHL needs to to rewrite their wording on what is charging. 
so they actually, for those of you that don't know, the reason that was a charge, it's silly to me. Um, a couple of years ago, about five years ago, I want to say in 2018, um, the NHL changed the rule uh, of charging to be um, to include um, an upward, like if basically if you're jumping into a player, it's charging. Um, I do think that they should change that as well because it should be its own rule. That's not charging. That's jumping. That's two whole different fucking things. Two different things, right? Yeah. Yeah. When and I had forgotten about the 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 skate off the ice thing that they added to charging a few years ago. Yeah. And so when they said he's 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 being brought in for charging, like like in no way was that hit charging, right? No. But just because um, they added the word, but whatever. You know what's actually hilarious to me is um one of the like two or three examples that the NHLPA video or the sorry the the Department of Safety um video describing the 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 charging rule um is actually Nazem Kadri when he was a uh, when he was on the Maple Leafs he was uh charged with charging for doing that and that's he's like the poster boy of that now <laughs> oddly enough he doesn't do anything like that anymore it doesn't get physically engaged at all really in my opinion at all um which i mean which is okay because when he did it he did it to the extreme and lost yeah. teams but <laughs> so that game was a whole bunch of garbage um yeah yeah and I guess moving on to the uh, Detroit game, um, I'll be honest, I uh, get home from work at uh, about 11 p.m. And the game started just a couple hours later. So I was sleeping. I was trying my best to sleep anyways for uh, through the first period because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to work the next day. Um, and then I turned it on for the second period and I watched about a period and a half and I was like, this, this is garbage. And then I turned it off. Um, usually I don't, but that was the most pathetic game I've seen from a flames team. And I can't even know how long, man. And I only watched uh, the period and a half of it. You, you watched the whole thing, right? So. Yeah. And unfortunately I sat through it all. Um, I mean, obviously, Vladar put on a goaltending clinic of how not to goaltend. Yeah. Um, Modern day Cron. Do you remember, not last <laughs> year, but the year before, when, when, when I was talking about Vladar about you know his position is always very good and it's surprising because he doesn't seem to ever know where the actual puck is. Yeah, I forgot that you said that, but now that you say that, yeah, his puck yeah. tracking wasn't very good, uh, and that that was the year that uh, we. That was the playoff year, right? That was uh, the good job. Yeah, was, line. yeah, yeah, that was the year that we that we acquired him. You know, and I was like, you know, he he makes unbelievable saves for not knowing where the puck is. You know, he'll be looking straight out, and it's you know the puck's in the corner. Yeah. Um, that game reminded me of that, but without being in the right position. Yeah. 
Vladar's um, yeah, having himself a a hard time right now, and I don't know what the answer is to get him out of it, but he's he he's got to figure it out because as it is right now, he's not an NHL caliber goaltender, and he's not movable either. No, maybe we could put him on waivers, and he would he wouldn't get claimed. I don't think. No, exactly. Um, I do think there's more there than 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 what he's showing this year, but uh, it's. Mm-hmm. It's been really bad, and I think that it affected the teams. It shouldn't, and it's not a good excuse, but it affected the team's uh, confidence in front of them because it, even like, see, it was it was three nothing, um, and then Mangiapane scored, and then like a minute and a half later, Debrinket scored. And then five minutes later, Sharon Govich scored, and is and then just uh, just to start the the third period, Wallman scored, and it's just like Vladar couldn't hold his own at all, and he couldn't, and the team kind of gave up after that Wallman goal, and like not that they were playing well because they weren't, but um, like to me. The way Markstrom's been playing, even though the team sucked, that would have been like a three-two game, not a not a six-three game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's even with Markstrom probably letting in one soft one, it would still be three-two, right? Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was disheartening when when. Uh... Ladar pulled a, a Markstrom and led in the first shot. You know, that's always yeah. it's it's always hard on a team, right? A hundred percent. Especially when the team went through it last year with with you know garbage goaltending from from both of them. You know, when you see that first shot go in, it's gotta be super deflating when you're sitting on the bench. Oh, for sure. Like without without a doubt. Uh mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, like Detroit, they've been embarrassing teams. We aren't the only team they've embarrassed this uh, uh, this season so far. I, I think they're better than a lot of people give them credit for, but there's still no reason for that um, for that performance. Like if we had lost and not looked like garbage the whole game, I don't think people would have been as as pissed off as they are. Also, why did they start Bladar? Like there was, if you look at the schedule I, here, um, there was. It's not like it was a back to back. They didn't need no. to start. They didn't need to start Bladar twice in a week, twice in four days. No, it didn't make any sense to me either. Um, especially since there was I, two games before the Buffalo game, so it's not like Markstrom played a whole bunch. He played one game in the previous one, two, three, four, five days. Yeah, yeah. So I can only assume that Markstrom was maybe under the weather a bit. I know, obviously that that speculation there hasn't there hasn't been any report of that, but it yeah. does seem bizarre to to put him in in the you know. Two two games in a row, right? Especially after losing. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And from what I remember, Markstrom has a way better record against Detroit. I don't look too far into that stuff, honestly. I don't really believe in, oh, this player has this team's number. Like, it's fun to talk about sometimes, but I feel like for the most part, especially, like, it's one thing if it's like, oh, McDavid has the Flames numbers because they play 50,000 times a year, most years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how many times has Markstrom played Detroit in his career? How many times has Markstrom played? Um, how many times has Vladar? I guess Vladar's probably played Detroit more because he's he played for Boston, but he only played a, a few yeah. games that year, so I don't know. Yeah, he, he's only before he came to Calgary, he only had five games yeah. in the NHL. So, yeah, so I don't really get that decision to play Vladar. Um, no, it doesn't make any sense. And they haven't, as far as I know, they haven't talked about the reason. Yeah. Okay. So I believe, I can't remember when the, uh, um, media availability was with Kadri and I, I do know it it sounds like I'm picking on Kadri and I, I am a little bit because he's been sure. absolutely abysmal he's been terrible um he makes all of our other bad players look like superstars um and they they haven't even been very good the last three games um but there was a media availability with Kadri and every time he has one he talks about accountability. He talks about playing a, a team game and it drives me nuts every time because he doesn't do either of those things. His yeah. in the same media availability, he said, we have to have accountability for each other and for ourselves. And then he went on to say that he's close to scoring. He's been getting chances. He just needs a bounce. And I'm like, I can't remember last time you had a high quality scoring opportunity because you're too busy fucking trying to dump pucks in from the blue line because you refuse to use your your teammates. Like, or the last time you bought in front of the net. Like, what is going on? You can't preach accountability and then not have any fucking accountability. Oh yeah, he's got he has none, right? He he's always had none. Yeah, and it's between between him and Huberdo right now. That's that's seventeen and a half million dollars just not producing, yeah. coughing the puck up. Yeah, you know, you know and they're they're both minus four against Detroit. Same with Dubé. Yeah. Like, um, so I... frustrating. It's so frustrating, and again, it's not all Kadri's fault. Um, I thought Huberto had a really strong start to the season. The first three or four games, he was pretty good. He looked like he was heating up and primed for a good season. Then he started not. He started kind of shit in the bed a little bit, and then they put him with Kadri, and that made him even worse. Which yeah. that should just like stop trying that. Don't ever. Try that. Don't even put them on the the same ice on the power play. Don't even put them on the same ice when there's a line change halfway through. Just 
keep them fucking separate at all times because at all times they yeah. drag each other down. Well, yeah, exactly. You got you know one guy that is a playmaker and the other and another guy that for whatever reason thinks that's that's what he is now, even though he's never been. Right. And yeah, and then you got nobody there to score a goal. So it's yeah, they they don't gel together at all. They had that one play near the end of last season with that phenomenal pass and, and tip in, right? Yeah. And they played together for like 60 games last season. I don't know. I, yeah. that, I could be wrong on that number, but it felt like yeah. well yeah. over three quarters of the season. You know, it was way too much. It was way too much. One of, one of the things that Kadri uh, does, and, and I just want to bring this up because it, it made me kind of chuckle um last night and it and it, and he's totally right uh curtis um i'm gonna uh palo or pilo uh commented or posted in in the flames up there about padres oh, yeah, yeah. is his spin move that he does skates skates towards the uh the blue line and then does a spin move and blind shot at the net yeah and he's been doing it forever his whole career and i've i've never seen it work i don't yeah. know why he does it I don't know why coaches haven't told him to quit doing it, but ninety nine percent of the time, it just ends up on the on the opposing team's yeah. stick, and they're down the ice. Yeah, and that's what I mean when I say he gets in the blue line and refuses to pass, and instead tries to dump it on net. Half, you're right. Mm -hmm. Half, half, three quarters of the time, he does a little spin move while he's doing that, or, or he tries to deke through a player who's. Uh, you know, he tries to deke through them instead of around them, and then yeah, try he tries to deke through a stationary object, and if you if you can believe it, Dylan, that never works. It's never once worked in the history of hockey, actually. Like even Unless... for even for somebody who's six seven, like Tage Thompson, like he he has to at least attempt to go around somebody and knock them down mm -hmm. on the way. But if he's going to try and go through somebody, then that person's going to be laying on the ice in front of him, and then he won't be able to skate past them. That's right. And the, yeah, the puck will likely end up underneath them anyways. Right? Yeah. Like, the physics yeah, I'm... I'm doesn't I, uh, you know, when, when, when we first got Kadri, I was... Yeah, I, I was willing to give it a shot. Obviously, we needed an agitator to replace Kachuk. He hasn't been an agitator. He hasn't been the guy in front of the net. He's literally done not a single fucking thing that I thought he would be good at. Nope. He's just 100% like has disappointed. He has yeah. been an agitator. To has me, he? you, and the fan base. True. I mean, yes. everybody loved him last year and didn't... and even though he had like what 15 good games to start the season and then sucked the rest of the season, everybody, like yeah. so many people gave him the pass on the rest of the season. And you and I, I think you could probably go back in our archives of the podcast and see we spent three quarters of last year, like just frustrated by everything that he did. And yeah. it's continued on to this year. And quite frankly, you could probably go back into the archives of the podcast from the day that the signing was announced and hear us both say, like, he's here now, so we're willing to give it a shot and give him the benefit of the doubt, but we don't believe because that's exactly how he played his entire career 
except for one year. <laughs> and, and the funny thing about last year is he ended up the, the season with his fourth best point total. Yeah, he was his, that was his average point total. And everyone was trying to say, yeah. oh, he needs a bounce back. And it's like, well, bounce back to, from what? To, to, to what? Like, this yeah. is the player he is. Bouncing back would be being the same player. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was the bounce back <laughs> because the year yeah. before that was, was the not normal. Yeah, the outlier. So he bounced back last year to what he has always been. So a 50, 50 point player in between that, that was in between the two games that, that, uh, uh, media availability that he had. And I just, it just drove me insane because how full of shit he is anyways. Um, and then we went on to the New York game. And I actually kind of thought we had a first good period. And I don't even mean just because of just because we were up. Um, no, we were flying. I thought that the Backlund, Mangiapani, and Coleman line, they should never split that up. That, that's just, it's too good. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah, they, they work well together. Neither of us are a Mangiapani fan, but when he plays on that line, when he gets minutes with Backlund, he's a it's good noticeable. Player. It's noticeable for the right reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Coleman was an absolute killer that game, even though he, you know, he got the one goal and, and then did nothing on the score sheet for the rest of the game. He was an absolute killer that game. He was by far the best player um, other than Markstrom for the first two periods anyways um, for the Flames. I think he was just the best player for the Flames. Yeah, I agree. He he had probably, I would say, one of the best games I've seen him in a in a Flames jersey. Like yep. He he really he came out flying. He wanted that win so bad, and yep. even even if if you look at his his media veil, uh, was that today? Like he he's pissed, right? He's angry, and I think he's, he's, he's pissed at Zadorov too for uh, <clears throat> for calling the team out. But I, well, I enjoyed that. I uh, I I applaud Sidorov for for doing it personally. I mean, all all he did was just say what we all know. Yeah. And everybody in the room knows. It's not yeah. surprise. Like you know, nobody's nobody's hiding it. No. And I just while we're on the topic of what Zadorov said, I want to say this to all of the people that seem like they've been spamming about, oh, you know, now Sutter's not here. It's it's not his fault. Nothing was his fault. It's like, I don't think I saw one person last year say it's only Sutter's fault or it's all Sutter's fault. I, I saw it a lot. I saw the vast majority of people at least saying that Sutter was the biggest problem, but not the only problem. Right. And I think that's blatantly obvious, but I don't think, I think that there's been a lot of people trying to say, oh, I guess Sutter wasn't the only problem. It's like, well, I don't think many people, at least I don't think many people were saying um, Sutter was the only problem. So 
he was a big problem, but he wasn't the only problem, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm obviously some of the, the problem, you know, uh, yeah, okay, setter aside, he, he was hard on players. He called out players that he probably shouldn't have, whatever. Um, you, you know my thought on, on millionaires being soft. But now yeah. he's gone, and, and you know, there, there's – those those same players that were apparently butt hurt last year are not stepping up. So nope. you got your got the coach fired. So now it's up to you and to and win some it's, games. It's like, true, right? I'm I again, like I still think that the coach was a big problem last year, but the personnel obviously was. Like they don't click. I think that this team is again, like we're only what seven games in or whatever, but it to me it's just this team doesn't mesh well together, well enough together. Um and, and you're absolutely correct. And and if you look at teams that that have chemistry that 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 play well, all that fun stuff. They also have players that are elite and they can, they, you know, they know their role. You know, I'm here to score. I'm here to, to create the play. I'm, you know, whatever their role is, they get it. But mm-hmm. our problem is we, we draft mid to low every year. Yep. And so we, we're not saying that the players aren't good guys, but we're not drafting enough quality and so when we bring up these guys you know that the ceiling for the majority of them is maybe middle six yeah and so like i I don't know how how far the fan base thinks we're going to go with that but they seem to think that every year's the year that players that have always been 40 point guys 50 point guys are all of a sudden going to be 80, 90, 100 point guys. They're not going to be that. They're never going to be that. They're and going to be maybe some time on the second, but mostly fourth and third line players. Yeah. And like, I think the I think the problem is and like I say that about Dubé. I don't think I've ever said he's gonna be a first line player, like a first line caliber player. But I think the problem with the team is that when the team is healthy, Dubé, Mangiapane, Ruziska, these are guys who, one of them, you know, Sharon Govich, one of them is the first line winger. Because that's just the only guy we or, have. Right? Right. They're the first line wingers on this team. They wouldn't crack I mean. the first None of them two are first lines line on... Caliber. Players. Yeah, well, that, the problem that's what is, I'm saying. is we have to put a third liner on to the first line. That's the problem with the team. So you have to put right. a. Th- that's one of the problems with the team. There's several, but mm-hmm. you you can't keep like even last year. Toffoli is, I mean, he's going off right now, but he's been a career second line player, and he was on our first line. That's a problem. That's right. Right. Yeah, no, and that's and that's what I'm saying is is the team, and it's been going on for 30 years, right? Yeah. 
our, our drafting has been piss poor. Even when we have the opportunity, we, yeah, like what, what do what do we draft? We we draft guys, you know, even even if they're top, I don't know, say tenth, like okay, they might get a sprinkle in the NHL until they get frustrated for not playing, and then they get, you know, they move somewhere else or they get traded or whatever the case, or or we mismanage superstars they just man i'm I'm just so fed up with the organization the decision making between the ownership down obviously most of it comes from the ownership it's just garbage like it, i i honestly want to call murray up and and ask him if he's hiring at his actual business because clearly you can just go there and not have to do your job and keep it forever if you as long as you're one of the old boys club you don't have to you don't have to work hard you don't have to try hard you don't have to be held accountable you just uh, just go there for your paycheck yeah it's just so gross yeah i'm just i'm frustrated i'm frustrated with i think we are 24 players on the team yep yeah me too um yeah I I I really am and I can't I'm not super frustrated with Conroy yet. Um I'm frustrated with the hiring of Conroy with the with him being put in that position anyways because I don't think he was the right um the right choice and I never really mm-hmm. did. I think he's too nice and I think this whole thing with Hannafin and and uh Lindholm where he's just letting them dictate what's happening is is a problem and completely uh predictable mm-hmm. just knowing what we know about Conroy like nobody should be surprised this is happening um no. but I'm not too frustrated because I don't think that like one summer is enough to really judge somebody in that position. You know what I mean? I feel like a uh, GM, like you don't even see, like Tampa didn't see Iserman's plan come to fruition until like two years after he got, he left. You know, <laughs> so like that no, position I, I, I is, is that. a long-term position. Yeah, and no, and that's that's very true. Yeah. But I mean, Con Conroy's dealing with Brad's garbage, which yeah. is something the team's going to have to deal with for many, many years. But my, I mean, I, Greg's not the guy. Conroy was part of the garbage, though. He was part of the garbage, but he's he's not the guy. He's no. he's not. He is absolutely not the guy. He's a great human being. We all love Craig Conroy. He's not the guy. No, I don't think so either. He has, he has too too many personal friends that play on the team. You can't have that as a as a manager. No, you can't. Right. Like, like you can't. He needs to be able to make those decisions, and right now he's not. It's yeah. this whole you're right, this this Hannafin and Lindholm debacle. Make a fucking move. Make Something. an example out of one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so the as much as I like of the Lindholm, team. Yeah, as much as I like Lindholm, like 
if you prove that you're the boss by trading him because he's not signing, then that will make other like other players will see that and they'll see right. you know like I can't string this team along anymore like Johnny Gaudreau did, right? Like, yeah, this is not yeah. Brad. Like, you have to prove you aren't Brad Julie. <laughs> Right. who refused to pull the trigger. Yeah, whether whether that came down from ownership or not, I don't know. But I, I tell you what, if if ownership is is mandating Craig still negotiate with these two fucking guys, that's a problem. Like, then just flat out say, we don't have a manager. Just say, my name's Murray Edwards and I run the show. And then, and then the fans will go, "Oh, well, we've always su- suspected." Great. Yeah. At least we know. Like, for, I mean, we we know for sure, anyways. But yeah. But this whole like, how how do you go through this entire summer knowing that you have to get something done with those two guys, especially, and not a single piece of movement has been been brought to the table whatsoever. Oh, they're still talking. Great. So what? No, they shouldn't be talking. Craig should be talking with other teams. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So the best I can get for for Hannafin right now is a second and and a, and a middle six guy. Whatever. See you, Hannafin. Sorry, we're we're moving you. If you're not going to sign, you're out of here. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I I don't think Hannafin is even worth a second round pick, but. That's just me. Yeah, that is just you. I'm really not a fan of him. Anyways. No. Um, yeah, they need to do, do something. Do we need to recap the Rangers game? Like, we, the, the Coleman was nice. The Coleman goal was nice. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, yeah. I mean, garbage goal because that's the only kind of goals we can score. Um, and then three straight goals from the... Rangers, uh, I mean, a couple of decent deflections. Uh, really nothing crazy other than the team being excessively average and um, Markstrom holding the minute for half the game and then kind of just uh, stopping holding them in because they refused to score a goal for him. They refuse to really try, I feel like. It was frustrating. You know, once it became obvious that that Coleman wasn't going to be able to score more, even he started slowing down. I'm sure he was getting tired. Yeah. He was he was carrying a team on his back. Or at least for the first 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's that was it's that was, that was right kind now. of a that that was a heartbreaker to be honest, especially with with how strong they came out of, out of the gate with with that goal from Coleman and and just that entire line how they dominated pretty much every second they were on the ice for the first period and and midway through the second. But see, but to see the other teams or the other sorry the other lines just not producing in any way. Just it was super frustrating after that. Hundred percent. You know, and oddly enough, even with how much they were dominating it, Backlund ended the game with his without a single shot. 
that's how strong Coleman was going to the yeah. net. Yeah, because he had he had four shots. Mangiapane had three. Yeah, Backlund had none. It doesn't bother me if a guy doesn't have a shot on net if if he's helping drive his his line, which he all three of the when they're together, like mm-hmm. specifically Mangiapane when he's on any other line, he doesn't help drive it. Right, even if you look back at that Dubé Kadri Mangiapane line from last year. Mm-hmm. Dubé and Kadri were driving it and that yeah. was the only time Kadri was good all year and Mangiapane was a kind of a yeah. floater on that, that was like and when first Mangiapane 10 games on, right 10-15 yeah something like that yeah. Toad Huberto got hurt and then when um, Mangiapane is on the line with Backlund and Coleman uh, I heard somebody call it the uh, bacon pickle sandwich line for some reason, but uh, I thought it was kind of funny. But uh, they work, and they all help. They all do things to help drive the line to be better. That should never be split up, in my opinion. Yeah, why? Why mess with what works, right? Exactly. I guess that's- that's that's the third line figured out. What do we do with the other three lines? I don't know. Um, you told me you had a question for me. Did I? Yeah, before we got on today, you said you you had a question for me. You like warned me about it. I asked you the question. Oh, I didn't even uh, realize you asked me the question. What what, what was that? It was right at the very start. I asked you if. How many games you're going to win if you score one or two goals? Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was the question you wanted to ask me. Okay, yeah. I, I just I just wanted to make sure you're prepared because normally when I'm when we're doing the intro, I don't uh, ask. Yeah, we don't we don't have a conversation, so I just wanted to make sure I didn't catch you off guard. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I didn't want yeah. I didn't want to have an awkward silence or or even an awkward moment such like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here we are. Um, <laughs> But honestly, uh, yeah, that's how it's going to happen, man. Like, we are probably going to score one or two goals most games. Uh, And we're not good defensively. We're we're not good enough defensively to sustain that. And I feel like our defense, like, the way it stacks up, we have good defensemen. And I don't know if it's just the system not not happening properly or whatever, but we have on paper a really strong, I like top six defense, in my opinion. I mean, we have a we have a decent de- defensive core for sure. I I'm not a fan of the the zone coverage at all. It doesn't seem to be working much. No, it doesn't. There, it's way too scrambly. Yeah, in my I opinion. wanted to give it eight games. It's been seven, and I'm not happy with it. No, exactly. I I figured I would give it ten, but I'm starting to lose my patience with it. Yeah. Yeah, but again, on paper, the names we have a good defense core. Mm-hmm. 
just they're not playing very well together right now. Um, our whole team is kind of just not playing well together. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. The whole team. Even when Lindholm and and uh, Huberto were producing fairly well to to kick off the season. I can't remember if I said it to you. I can't even remember if I said it on the podcast, but I was talking, I know for sure I was talking to my buddy Kyle about it. Um, They looked really good on the same line as separate pieces. They didn't look really good on the same line together. You know what I mean? They individually looked good, but they didn't look good together. Never really looked that good together, which is no. strange to me. It sounds so you have Lindholm. Lindholm is who is a who is a shooter and has a phenomenal shot. And Huberdeau, who loved feeding passes to guys with really good shots. And for whatever reason, those two have not been able to make it work. Can I give you my uh opinion on that? And why I think that Huberto hasn't found somebody on the team who who he plays well with. Sure. Okay. I went back and watched a bunch of Huberto's um, highlights in Florida um, from the past several years. Mm-hmm. Players, he plays really good when he's got one shooter and then one guy who drives the net. Um, and half, and he, the reason is, is because half the time the guy driving the net has his stick on the ice and is drawing defenders towards him because he becomes the, the most important threat. And then that opens up the other guy, the, uh, the shooter, so Huberto can pass to the shooter and the shooter can shoot. Um, also, so think Bennett and Duclair, right? So Bennett's the guy who drives the net with a stick on the ice and Duclair is the shooter, right? Yeah. And then when, uh, the, when the defenders aren't going after the guy who's driving the net and instead covering Duclair, because Bennett had his stick on the ice, Huberto could bank passes off Bennett's stick and they'd go in. That's just, right? And the problem is, is the flame, like it's really basic hockey shit, but yeah. the problem is, is the flames don't have anybody driving the net with their stick on the ice. They barely even have anyone driving the net, never mind with the stick on the ice. They need they, to start doing that. that. That's been a problem for years, not having anybody to drive the net, right? Well, Monaghan was great at it. Kachuk was great at it. Mm-hmm. And well, that's one line. Yeah, a couple of a couple of years in a row. Yeah, but that that's that's been a thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I envisioned Kadri doing when he got here. I think we. I mean, I didn't envision him doing that all the time, but I did envision him doing it some of the time. You know what I mean? We should absolutely be doing it on the power play. He should. 
I have no idea why he's on the point in the power play. He's the most useless point man in the history of point men. Right. Like, it, yeah, get him away from it. Doesn't, he, he doesn't have like, a good shot. No. He really doesn't. No. Um, I, I would rather have a second defender on the line myself. If if Padre is going to be the option, get him off the ice and put a defender there. I don't I care agree. which one. You know who I actually would like to see get some power play time is Zadorov. I'm and I've not been a huge Zadorov guy throughout the, the the years, but he does cause havoc because he's so high risk. He causes a lot of havoc and he makes defenders move and he makes his teammates move because he's doing shit that he's not supposed to be. And then the, the team's like, oh shit, I gotta go do something. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> did, that, did you kind of get what I'm saying there? I do, I do. Uh 100 And and he activates in in some pretty interesting times. Mm-hmm. And but he, but he's he's quick at just getting around and, and back into position. I do like that. He's one thing cool. I really one one of the positives I'll take away from the from the Rangers game was when when he was kind of somewhat getting towards the center of the ice in in the offensive zone in the Rangers zone, and then we lost the puck and it went right in kind of to the corner. To I can't remember the Rangers player that that ended up getting it, but he was along the boards. And Snorov just said, fuck it, and went right after him, just railroaded him Barbie near the end Goudreau. of the game. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Goudreau. Yeah, yeah, that was just so funny to me. It was just like like the exact opposite corner to where his, his position is, and he's just like, fuck it, I'm taking him out. Yeah, yeah. And he complete high risk, completely. Yeah. That is the Zadorov that, that uh, played in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, yeah. because of what was happening in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be okay with that if the team was playing well, but I'm okay with that because the team needed something to fucking happen. Yeah. Point, right? Well, yeah. So one, one thing I'll, I'll point out as well, um, it was near the beginning of the game. I can, I can't remember who was on the, on the blue line, but they, they started skating up along the boards and do immediately parked his ass in that in that D spot on the blue line. And I was I really like to see stuff like that. He's very accountable. Doer? He knows Doer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he knew exactly where he needed to be at that moment. And I I, I appreciated that of him. Yeah. Even, no, even though too. he's been pretty quiet for, for a bit now. But but he's uh yeah I'm I'm still I'm still pretty high on on Doer. Not high as in gonna be a top six, but I, uh, I'm I'm pretty high on on what he brings to the to the team. I am too. Um, I just wanted to expand on that whole um, Huberto needing somebody to drive to the net thing. And the thing is, is I think Lindholm and him could work together if they did have somebody who was a net driver on their line. Mm-hmm. Um. The only guy that I can see who's a net driver on the team is Sharon Govich and Greer. But Greer is not going to be on the first line. No, I hope not. Sharon Govich. Don't say, ne- is- don't say never. It's yeah. the Calgary yeah. Flames you're talking about. Right. <laughs> la, 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 la. Um, but Sharon Govich is, shouldn't be a first line player. 
but he has a wicked shot and he drives the net and he's mm-hmm. willing to get dirty and get rebounds and and even get on the boards and get the puck um and i just want to see somebody anybody who actually drives the net on Huberto's line because do you, like out of the players on our team right now today who drives the net that you would want on a line with Huberto aside from Ponderzari that's he's not on the team today he's on oh, the other right. team today right but, right didn't make the cut for some yeah. reason for some stupid reason. um yeah i mean there's there's not many is there no even Ruziska, like he's good at digging the pucks out but he doesn't drive the net very often. yeah he he seems to like to hang out the hash marks yeah. i it's too bad he got hurt um i want to actually i sh- should have done this when we were diving into that game but the officiating in that game really pissed me off uh and it yeah, was, it was pretty because, bad it's not because we lost and it's not because um i think there was a whole bunch of bad calls on either side there was one but i think that the referees need to be held accountable because that first of all that Ruziska hit that took him out was bad and should have been a penalty and the dude the ref was staring like you can see in the camera the ref was fucking staring at it um but because they let that go throughout the game more players started taking dirty runs at each other the refs and i i said it in our group chat um there was a couple people who were saying it on reddit and like the the refs are going to let people get hurt. They're they're not doing their job. Their job is to call the rule book. The rule book is there so people don't get hurt. And they're letting people go after each other like that without taking uh, taking anybody off the ice for any stretch of time. It's not okay. Uh, and w- even with that being said, they still they still um all nine penalties. Which yeah. is a, which is a high amount. So that just kind of shows how chippy that game was. Yeah, but they didn't call the penalties that should be called. They called the penalty. Well, they called one penalty that shouldn't be called, but they didn't call the really dangerous shit. They called the kind of and the clutching grab, shit, right? Yeah, the the hooking and the holding and the stuff that's subjective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I get it. I understand what you're saying, and you're and you're right. And a lot of people were were saying, because I had some conversations with some people about it, and a lot of people were telling me, like, well, of course the refereeing is going to be bad when there's 16 games on in one night because they don't have the, you know, the refs aren't going to be super experienced or anything. I'm like, okay, well, then don't have 16 games if you don't have the staff to do 16 games. Don't fucking do it. Why wouldn't the refs be experienced? I, uh, well, apparently that, there was that, a couple that's... games who didn't have experienced refs. Really? Because there was too many games going on. Then yeah, that 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 can't happen. No. 
and then I went back. Actually, I'll, I'll uh, uh, maybe I won't look at it right now, but I went back and I looked at the refs' names. I didn't recognize either of those guys' names. Like I've, I generally, like not that I pay too too much attention to the refs most times, but um, I didn't recognize either of those guys' names, and I do know a lot of the refs' names in the league just from watching games and and having them be a part of what's going on you know you play-by-play guy says the ref's names quite often and i didn't recognize either of those guys names yeah there's uh chris flanker and michael markovic do you recognize i got nothing no yeah so to my point (laughs) yeah I mean, I even you know, knowing that there are sixteen games going on, I didn't even think about fulfilling the obligations for for referees and linemen, right? Because obviously, yeah. there it doesn't it's not a it's not a thing, so they shouldn't be geared up to have that, or they or they just have too many people sitting around doing nothing majority of the year, right? Yeah. Well, as you know, you know the the night before and after you just have one or two two games, and it's a joke. if you have enough for sixteen games, then it's a lot of people sitting around doing nothing most of the year. Yeah, it's a good point. Anyways, that's my frustration there with with the refs, and and again, like it's got nothing to do with winning and losing. The team was garbage. We didn't deserve to to win that game. Period. Um, no, and I have no problems with with us losing because we deserve to lose. I have problems with inexperienced refs not being smart enough to call dangerous shit and then letting more dangerous shit happen because they just don't know what to do. Um, if you're gonna have an inexperienced ref, have it have an experienced ref with that guy. You know what I mean? Like have have a rookie yeah. have a rookie on a line with a vet right <laughs> yeah you got to balance it out you got to you got to put them with Tanev right if you're going to bring a rookie in you got to play with Tanev exactly or that's just how that is Osterley in i guess he, you know a fringe yeah, guy. i mean he, he gets to babysit uh gilbert yeah like, <laughs> what what were those refs names like if you have one of those guys bring in Wes McCauley to play to to go with him and then bring you know I mean, I think every game should have a, a Wes McCauley in it, to be honest. Just for entertainment value? Entertainment. Um, he's He seems to call a pretty fair game, actually. I think so, too. Yeah, don't mind him at all. And I don't say that often about refs. No. Because <laughs> I've never been one. I've been, Again, I've been an umpire for baseball, but never a ref for hockey. Yeah. And I feel like being an umpire for baseball and chugging down three or four beers while you're doing it is a little bit different than. That's that's not the same as <laughs> what I've done. I am guarded. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been days where I've gone to play baseball, and, and my team you no know, plays the early game, and then we finish, and then I decide to ref a late game, and I'm already, or I decide to ump a, a late game, and I'm already. 
tipsy half cut and then i go to start the next game and i've got another six pack waiting i'm just like i probably shouldn't do this but i'll do it <laughs> i'm gonna do it just for the love of the game and <laughs> and i'm gonna do it because because my name's dylan and i don't drive so i can do it anyways exactly right? life in a small town yeah um is there anything else you wanted to get to chris or you know what I, I i feel better after airing my grievances and i i have a new lease flames are going all the way no i'm kidding um no i i feel like we've covered it we've got uh you know, as i say some important games coming up especially that uh classic on on sunday against the oilers without uh potentially without their top player and without our top def defenseman did you notice they Yay. said one to two weeks for McDavid? Like, yeah, they did. And they said that exactly a week before the, so he very well could be back. He could very well be back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that should, I mean, I think that should be fun. Hopefully playing in a special game like that, a special game, there's like fucking 10 of them a year now, but playing a special game like that, hopefully can, uh, bring the guys together a little bit i don't know i'm so fucking sick of saying bring the guys together or or uh you know gain some chemistry or whatever it's it it feels like we've been saying this for a calendar year now and it's time to stop i agree with that wholeheartedly yeah the uh the 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 time is the time is now. There's yeah. shit or good off the pot. 100%. Well, make sure you share us with your friends. Check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let us know how you feel about the start to the flame season. Maybe you're a little bit more uh, positive about it. Uh, maybe you're not. Let us know in the comment section below. And... Uh, Check out the Hockey Podcast Network as well. They've got some pretty good shows about every team in the league. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and always make sure you're you're following us on on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at uh, the Armchair GM underscore Pod. Um, try and get uh, updates and and news posted daily. The uh, yeah, the good old the good old Twitters. We uh we have a lot of fun with the the uh, hockey podcast network crew there. There, uh, there's a, a few good guys there that we like to have a good time and joke around with. Indeed, and they do some uh, some live streams for games as well here and there. So, uh, oh yeah, our, our buddy Kyle and and his buddy did one for the Flames and Blue Jackets game. So. Be sure to yep. follow them on the uh, on on YouTube as well. Yep, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll be posting uh, links to that as well. Um, I'm I'm jumping on with Kyle next next uh, next week. The game against the Stars on on Wednesday the the first of November. I'll be uh, joining him on on his live. Be my my first time doing it. It'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, there you have it, Flames fans. There's uh, yet another breakdown of 
what seems to be a breakdown. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, I we think see we next got time. our name for the episode. <laughs> That's right. Cheers. Go Flames. <laughs>